Hello, my name is Donna Brendel, and I'm the host of I Should Say That Out Loud. This is Season 2, Episode 6. I'm an autistic adult, and I've suspected that I was autistic for about 15 years, and I've been diagnosed for about 4 years, but I've always been autistic and always will be autistic. And I've learned in hindsight that because I'm autistic, I'm an underdog, and I do difficult things. I talked a little bit about that in the last episode, but this week, I'm going to go back to high school. I've been reading a book by Tyler McNamer called Population One, and his book is reminding me so much of my high school days that I forgot a lot about because it's so painful and difficult and awkward and not fun to remember. Um, I mean, a lot of it was fun, but a lot of it was so difficult. But he's bringing me back to high school and all of these memories that just keep flooding in. And I just really want to talk about that. And I want to talk about his book and what an inspiration he is to me. He is a young man in his 20s now, I believe. But I think he was in high school when he wrote this book. Correct me if I'm wrong, Tyler. Sorry if I don't have the story quite right. But uh, let me show you the book and then we'll talk about it. Sorry if you're listening on audio, you don't get to see the cover, but it's Population One by Tyler McNamer. And he's, he's so brave. He talks about courage and even the courage it took him to write this book. I'm in the process of writing my own book. I have the first rough draft done, working on the edits and building my platform so I can get it published, but it does take a lot of courage to write a book. So hats off to you, Tyler. I'm so proud of you for doing that. On page 34, Tyler talks about courage, and he, he has so much wisdom in his youth that he is an inspiration to me and I think to a lot of other young people, a lot of just other people in general, a lot of autistic people. He is a speaker as well. I don't know him yet. I hope to meet him someday, maybe have him on my podcast, but I um, just can't say enough good things about him. So here on page 34, he says, courage is a great thing to have. It makes you feel like you can do anything legal. I like how he differentiates between legal and illegal. He goes on and says, illegal courage will make you feel trapped. So true, Tyler. You're so wise. For example, if you have the courage to try meth, you will feel trapped in your head. Or if you have the courage to rob a bank, you will feel trapped in jail. But this is the best part right here. He goes on and says, the courage to do good things is the best kind of courage to have, in my opinion. I guess America has so much freedom that people also have the freedom to be trapped. So true, Tyler. So true, sadly. And then he finishes off this page by saying, you know what else I have the courage to do? Write this book for you to read. Like I said, Tyler, you are a young man of great courage, and I'm so inspired by you. Awesome, awesome job. So when I say I'm going back to my high school days, I have to talk about band because I am one of the biggest band geeks out there. I was and still am and always will be. <laughs> and I say that very proudly. I played the trombone all through high school and afterwards. And I'm also now learning to play the drums. He talks a lot about bullying and being bullied. And I'm going to get to that in a minute. But first I want to talk about just 
my memories of being in band and how that helped me through a lot of the difficult and awkward social situations of being in high school with autism. I I went to one high school my freshman year and then I, our family moved and we went to a different high school sophomore through senior year. So my sophomore year, I didn't know anybody except for my twin, but we had different lunch periods. So I didn't know who to sit with. Somehow I found a group of girls to sit with throughout my sophomore year and I didn't talk very much, but they were plenty talkative and let me sit with them. They were seniors. So that worked for that year. But then when they graduated and I was in my junior and senior year, I didn't, I think I went to lunch like the first day, but I didn't have the energy or the desire to look for a new group of friends to sit with. And then by this point, I also was working on um, practicing hard enough on my trombone to get to the state level competition. So I decided that I would spend my lunch hours in the practice rooms in the band room and practice every day and get better and better and work my way towards state, which I did. I practiced every day at lunchtime and I practiced again at night, but my lunchtime practice was more of the technical side of playing an instrument. And I did scales and slurs and arpeggios and lip slurs and long tones and soft tones and all these things that my lesson teacher was teaching me. I also had lessons um, during my lunch period too, once a week. So that's how I spent my lunch time and avoided the awkward social times of being in a room full of people waiting in line <laughs> for food that I didn't really like to eat anyway. And I don't know if I want to get into this part, but our dad gave us money for food for groceries every week, but he didn't give us lunch money. And I don't even know what my sister did for lunches. Maybe I should ask her <laughs> what she did, but we didn't have money on our lunch account to, to get the hot lunch. And we didn't shop for lunches to bring with us either. So we didn't have lunch. I must have brought food when I was a sophomore because I sat with that other group of, of girls. But I think just my desire to work hard to get to state took over my need to eat or find a social group of friends to sit with. Long story short, I practiced my trombone every day instead of going to lunch or eating lunch. And then in English class, <laughs> we were selling Reese's peanut butter cups to raise money for our band trip. And I would try not to eat those every day. <laughs> but as English class wore on, minute by minute, I my, my strength weakened, <laughs> my resilience against the candy bar weakened, and I would inevitably eat a candy bar every day instead of eating lunch. On page 59, Tyler says one simple sentence that I really resonate with. He says, after knowing that I had autism, I had flashbacks of my past. I believe he was diagnosed when he was eight years old. So he didn't have as long to, to flash back through his life as I did being diagnosed in my forties. But I really relate to that as I've gone back and reviewed a lot of the memories of my life. And now reading this book, I'm really focusing on the high school days. 
And then he goes on later in that page, on page 59 through 60, he says, autism is not an excuse to be different. I've tried to be like everyone in the world, but it never works out the way I want it to ever, exclamation. No one can think the way I do. Having autism is like being a regular person, but the only powerful part that's different to the world is the mind. Having a mind that views the world differently is a new experience for everyone. If you know anyone with autism, let him or her talk to you so you can try to understand what's going on in that person's mind. Autistic people are here for some reason. Let's see if you can find that reason. I just love the way Tyler thinks. Um, such a wise young man. And I think this statement applies to everybody. Everybody's here for a reason, and we should get to know what's on everyone's mind in the world that we live in and the friends and the people that we experience. But I love that he relates this especially to people with autism because they can get so, and I've experienced this, that we can get so overlooked as um, maybe somebody who is an earhead. I've been called an earhead because I'm found to be looking off into space or looking out the window. And it looks like I have nothing on my mind, but I'm really thinking about a lot of different things in those moments. So sometimes people have labeled me as an earhead. Um, Tyler has said that he felt stupid when he was first diagnosed, but people who have autism have a lot going on in their mind. And we just have trouble communicating or speaking out loud what's on our mind. That's why I'm producing this podcast, because I'm finally learning how to say things uh, out loud that are on my mind. And I hope that it's, as Tyler is an inspiration to me, I hope I can be an inspiration to other autistic people who have thoughts on their minds that they like to say out loud, um, but just for one reason or another haven't been able to. I hope that someday you can and will. And I have hope that that's possible. I shared from a book in my first episode called I Have Been Buried Under Years of Dust. And Emily in that book had so much on her mind for so many years. And she didn't have the breakthrough of how to communicate those things until her 20s when she was able to start to finally type her thoughts and her words and the things that were on her mind and communicate through typing with her family and friends and the world around her. And now she is such an inspiration to me and so many people. And her parents are such an inspiration to me to never give up on, on children who have autism or even adults who have autism because you never know when a breakthrough might happen. They went so far above and beyond what most parents would ever be able to do. And I really commend them for what they did in Emily's life. And Valerie also is um, a writer in that book. She writes most of the book and Emily writes her portions through typing. But just, um, I, I highly recommend that book. I love that story. But getting back to Tyler's book. So here on page 57, he's talking about when he was first diagnosed and his parents put him into some different classes than he was in before to help kids with autism and um, be more of an aid to them. He says, I have been to places where they have special, in quotes, 
special kids expressing themselves through talking, movement, artwork, and any of those activities where the adults talked slowly and simply to us. Those places made me feel bad. I literally felt like I had no future and would never grow up. For a while, I thought I was cool because I never wanted to grow up. Now that statement I really relate to. I never wanted to grow up either. The whole idea of becoming an adult and having to work and make money and pay all these bills that I would always watch my dad pay and drive a car and just be out in the world and interacting with so many people was so overwhelming to me. I just wanted to stay in high school forever and I would have been thoroughly happy to stay in high school forever. I should have been a teacher maybe because then I could have been in high school forever, but but I did eventually graduate, thankfully, and grow up and become a mom and raise three amazing children who um, are now, one's out of co college, one's about to graduate from college, and one's about to graduate from high school. So they are now in this age frame that I was in and that Tyler was in that we we're talking about today. I'm so sorry I'm rambling. I'm not sure if you're interested in all of my ramblings, but that's how I can get thoughts across is it takes, I have to go from thought A to thought B to thought C to get to thought D and so on and so forth. I may edit a lot of this out. I may not, I don't know yet, <laughs> but this is my thought process and how my brain works. Even though I was able to overcome the the stress of being in a social awkward situation throughout lunchtime in my sophomore year and finding that new group of friends. For some reason in my junior year, I didn't have the energy to do that again. And like I said, I was working toward going to state for band, which leads me to another story. I'm not sure if I should share this one or not. It's really funny. But it's embarrassing, <laughs> but it will really show a side of the autistic brain that I think would be helpful to a lot of people, to a lot of uh, parents who are raising autistic teenagers who are going through puberty and having crushes on people and possibly dating and wondering how do I direct my child? How do I help my child through this stage? So here's my experience in high school with boys, <laughs> with one boy in particular, especially. And you're going to have to wait till next week to hear about this story and about the boy and about my journey to state that turned out to be pretty hilarious. <laughs> but because this episode became too long, I had to break it into three parts. So tune in next week to hear the rest of this story. Please subscribe to my channel and like this episode and listen to the other episodes and share them with your friends. I thank you so much for listening. I am so encouraged by you. I hope you're encouraged by me. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.